Hey, hello everybody. It's uh, Mike Landy. It is uh, the first ever five for five day podcast. And uh, today's date is April 14th. It is 2020. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 quarantine. Uh, I thought, what what better time? I'm going to have a little time on my hands to finally start this podcast that I've been trying to uh, start up for a long time. So we thought we'd give it a shot. Uh, a little bit about myself. My name is Michael Landy. Uh, I said this is my first one. Uh, our, our first topic today is going to be on, on parenting and uh, being a dad and the hardest job, most rewarding job I've ever had. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, we're going to branch this program out into uh, having some discussions with my, my own family. And, uh, and we'll maybe later on, we'll get some guests. But today's, like I said, today's topic, the role of, of being a parent, for me in particular, I can speak to the concept of being a dad. I think it might be something that we, uh, maybe in society, we don't talk enough about, uh, about it. We don't uh, share thoughts and ideas with this. It's just one of those things where life gets busy and you kind of just do it and, and then things happen and later on you have regrets and you, yeah, you wish you might have done things differently. I think maybe if you, you slow down and you, you start to contemplate these things and you're, you're always uh, in that judgment mode. And I know that sounds, uh, doesn't sound too popular nowadays, the idea of, of judging. It seems like society has moved away from the idea of, of making judgments towards things. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that everyone feels okay and everything is, everything is, uh, accepted no matter what. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's a, that's a, the wrong way to go. I think the way you improve is you are, you are constantly evaluating and judging things and, uh, looking at them from a different point of view and you, you, you approach things from there. Uh, like I said, a little bit about myself. I'm, I'm a 52 year old dad, been married for almost 29 years now to my lovely wife, Joette. Hopefully we'll get her on the podcast. She told me she's going to be shy, but we're going to try to get her on here too. I think she has a heck of a lot to offer. I have, uh, we both have three children. Um, we have um, a boy, a girl and a boy. My oldest son is 20. He is a college student right now. I'm sure he's got some interesting things to say about his experiences in college. That should be a whole uh, couple of episodes for the podcast. And uh, I have a daughter who is a senior in high school. She's 18. And uh, I have a son. My youngest son is 16, and he is a sophomore. And uh, my wife and I uh, made a big, huge commitment to uh, the concept of parenting. When my uh, my son was born back in '99, she had we had decided that you know we weren't going to do go the daycare route. She was going to quit her job. She stayed home. She uh, she raised the kids. She was home for uh, a little less than 10 years uh, raising the kids spending a lot of time being with them. And um, it's one of those things as, as we got older, sometimes she had regrets about that. You know, you lose parts of your career and then you wonder, you know, was it all worth it? I, I absolutely believe that it was. I think our children are fantastic. And I think a lot of the reason behind it is because my wife stayed home and uh, she took that time and she she had the care to uh, to raise them. I know everyone's not in that situation we certainly weren't in that situation. You know, it's like they say, there's never a good time to have kids. There's always, you'd always wait a little bit longer and I'll be more financially secure or be uh, 
more secure in my job. There's always a better time to wait and have kids. And um, too many people wait, wait, wait. And then before you know it, it's, it's too late. And uh, you're never really ready, uh, but you try your best. You, you continually reevaluate what you're doing, think about it, uh, try, to, try to improve upon it. And that's basically the, the gist of this podcast, believe it or not. Um, I have to thank my son, my, my oldest son, Michael. He introduced me to the concept of, of podcasts. I didn't really know what they were a year and a half ago. Started listening to a bunch of them that he recommended. Uh, really loved the idea. I love the concept of gaining this found time throughout the day. Um, if you think about it, um, the day's 24 hours long. You're going to sleep for roughly about eight hours of that day. It doesn't leave you a whole lot of time when you add in work and, and meals and you know the other things you have to do around the house. So if you can find a, an extra half an hour, an extra hour a day when you're driving to work and you can plug in a podcast and listen and learn something and hear somebody's expert opinion or hear some new ideas, or if you're, you know, on the treadmill in the gym and you'd normally be listening to some mindless music or listening to nothing, and you could find an extra half an hour there, 45 minutes there, you can add an hour to two hours of learning to your day, which would come to, you know, between 10 and 14 hours of, of learning a week, which could change your life. And I really think this idea of, of podcast has changed my life in that respect. Uh, but the reason why I'm doing this is because my son and I have often talked about how we should do this. We have great conversations and, uh, you know, we're, I, I feel like I'm not an expert in anything, but I have a, a variety of experiences in life that I think um, provide some different insights. And, and why the heck not? Why not give it a shot? So it's something that I've always said. My, I, I kind of promised my son that I would do it. And here I am in day 27 or 28 of this nationwide quarantine where you're home and you got a little time on your hands. I happen to be a, an educator. So we just started our spring break. Uh, yesterday was our first day of spring break. So I kind of planned some things to talk about and I uh, want to run with it because I, I always like to parent by example. I want to make sure that if I told my son I was going to do this or I told any of my kids I was going to do something, I might not do it right away, but uh, I, I try to keep my word. I think that's that's super important. So this one's uh, you know inspired by him. He, he kind of goaded me into doing this and here I am uh, promising that I'm going to do it. And, and here's our, our first podcast. Um. So I thought, what better topic to focus on than than parenting? It, it is something that, um, you know, at, at the age of my kids right now, I, I'm starting to feel a little, a, a tad useless, I have to admit. For the longest time, I was that dad who, uh, you know, coached all their teams. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a, um, a, a vacation house that my in-laws owned down, the, down in the Jersey Shore, big Jersey Shore guy. Uh, where where we spent a lot of time with our kids because I was an educator, had summers off, were able to do a lot, spent so much time with with my kids growing up, trying to keep pace with how much time my wife was spending with them, like I said, as she stayed home. And um and now they're at the age where, you know, they're a little more independent, obviously. You know, they're 20, they're 18, they're 16. They don't want dad around too much anymore. I heard a great joke that Tom Hanks told uh, this week. I think he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he said something about being, he really knows what it's like to be America's dad because nobody wants him around and he's all alone. Uh, and I guess the joke was that you know, he was in the quarantine for the COVID-19. And and I understand that. I, I feel 
that sometimes I feel like my opportunity for parenting has passed. Anytime I try to force a conversation or a lesson or a discussion now, it seems just that. It seems forced. And um, and it makes me sad because, you know, obviously the, there's always things you want to share with your kids. There's always uh, lessons and experiences you want to share with them. But they're at that point where, you know, they're they're making their own decisions. And and part of that decision is, you know, they, they don't want to hear you too much anymore. So I guess that's another reason uh, for the podcast. You know, maybe I can take some of the things that I didn't get a chance to say and I can put it down here and then record it and it could be here and they might be able to access this at some later point. And maybe you can access this at some later point, or maybe your children can access this at some later point. If I happen to make a good point in this discussion, who knows, maybe I'll talk for a half an hour and not make a single good point. But basically my, uh, that's, that's my, uh, the focus of this talk. It's a, um, kind of a, a balance between these two concepts. Concept one is, I never want to miss the opportunity to to teach my kids that lesson, to share that experience, to tell them something that I think might be helpful in their life. But I also have to balance that with the idea that I need to let them go. I need to let them make their mistakes. I need to let them have their own experiences. So you can go one way or the other. You can be that overbearing helicopter parent who stands over their head and constantly tries to turn every single thing into a lesson, tries to turn every everything into a, a, a story where they can take and, you know, you, you can share with them. And, and then that would be good for me, I guess. I would feel like I've unburdened myself of all of these ideas, all these things I'd like to tell them. But we also know that just telling people something and sharing that story doesn't necessarily make the learning any better, any more realistic. Uh, I'm a firm believer that nothing teaches the way life does. Nothing teaches the way failure does. Uh, nothing teaches the way difficulties and challenges do. My God, we're learning that right now with, uh, you know, the country basically being shut down for a month. We're, we're learning, you know, just how tough and how resilient we are rather than, uh, you know, no no story that we've ever read, no movie we've ever seen could ever have experience, have prepared us for this, for this experience. So I got to figure out a way. How, how do you balance this? How do you balance wanting to teach and educate your kids as much as possible, provide as much guidance as possible with the idea of backing off and letting them fall off the bike and skin their knees sometimes? You know, that's, that's the best, the, the best lesson teacher that there is. I, I, I tell my kids this story. I, I've told a couple of them this when I was a freshman in high school, I, I lived in, Har I lived in Harrison, New Jersey and uh, went to a high school, a Catholic high school, a couple of miles away, I had to catch the bus every single day. Uh, and it was, I went to Catholic grammar school and stuff, but it was, it was strict. It was a, a high school where they demanded a lot out of you and they didn't cut you any slack. And sometimes it felt a little bit unfair, but yeah, I remember this, uh, I played soccer my freshman year, was practicing all summer with the team. And the, the first game of the season was rolling around. It was on a Friday and I was late to a class. I believe it was a science class when I was uh, a freshman. I walked in the door no more than uh, maybe a minute 
a minute and a half late. It was really, really cutting it close. And the teacher looked at me and said, okay, you know, head down to the office, go get yourself a detention. You're going to have a detention today after school. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, oh my God, I have my, my first soccer game today after school. Went down to the office. They didn't want to hear any excuses. They didn't want to hear about the soccer game. They handed me the little detention slip, and then I had to show up after school that day. No negotiations, no excuses. Uh, couldn't change the date, make it on Monday when I didn't have a game. Was, that wasn't an option. So at 3 o'clock, went down to detention, and you know I could see out the window the bus left for the soccer game. It was an away game. And I had, I had practiced all summer, and I missed my first soccer game because I was a minute late to a class. Now, I can imagine myself today in 2020 as a principal. Uh, I can imagine if I ever did that to a student today, what kind of response you get from every single parent. I mean, they're, they're, the, the chances that even one parent out of 20 kids on a soccer team, on, on any team, would agree with that punishment with their child missing a game for being a minute late to a class is, is unbelievable. It would never happen. I'd get the phone call, please, you know, you know, give them a break. Can't you make the detention another day? And we probably would. We would probably switch it around. We would probably change up the punishment so that the child could go and play the game. And thing is, they, they, I guess they wouldn't ever learn that lesson. Here's what happened to me that day. I uh, got out of detention at uh, about 3.30. I had to walk to the bus stop and take the bus home. And I was distraught. I was, I was wrecked over this. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that they didn't cut me a break. I couldn't believe I missed the first game. There was just a whole bunch of thoughts floating around in my head. And um, I took the bus home. It, it headed through the, a couple of neighboring towns as it was heading towards my home. And where I lived, it was actually the last stop in Harrison before the bus continued over the highway into Newark. And, uh, you know, Newark, not... Uh, love Newark, but not a great neighborhood to get lost in when you're a 14-year-old boy. And as I was heading towards the stop, my mind was just filled with all these, you know, the thoughts of missing the game. And and um, you had to get up in those days and, and pull on the little cord that was in the bus to signal for the bus driver to stop. And of course, on that day, because I was so distracted, I forgot to, to get up. I, I didn't get up and pull that cord. And I noticed as the bus was pulling up the ramp and heading over the bridge into Newark, and I had missed my stop. And this was my my first week of school. I'm at home, and now the bus was taking me into Newark, a place where you know I, I was unfamiliar with uh, a highway over a bridge over a river. And uh, panic set in. I started pulling the cord. Bus driver let me off at the the first stop into Newark, which was probably about uh, half a mile over the bridge, and. Uh, I had to find my way home and I uh, came home and told my parents the story. And, you know, they were upset for a number of reasons. I think they were probably more upset that I missed the bus stop than they were that I missed the soccer game. They were concerned about me. And uh, bottom line is, I, I don't know if I've ever been late for an appointment since. I don't know if I've ever been late for a class since. I don't know if I've ever been late for a meeting since. Being on time was stressed to me that it was important when I was 14 years old. It was a non-negotiable lesson, and I and I learned it, and that's the, the 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 crux of of this discussion about teaching my children. You know, do you? I can share that story with them, but it won't have the same effect as 
as if it happened to them themselves. So there's this balance. Do you, do you, you know, you, you want to share their experiences. Maybe, maybe a story that you tell them, maybe a lesson that you teach them prevents a hardship in their life. And that's a good thing, right? I guess it is sometimes, you know, it, it, it's, it's great if it can prevent them from making a poor decision. But if it prevents them from making that true learning decision, you know, the, the one that, that will stay with them, that sometimes they have to, they have to fall on their face. Sometimes they have to fail. And I guess you could take a, your own little self inventory right now and think, all right, let me, let me think back to my high school years, my formative years, college years, whatever you want to, and think about, did you learn more from your failures or did you learn more from your successes? I tend to think that the, the lessons that stick with us come from our failures a little bit more than our successes. Our successes build us up. They give us confidence. They give us my least favorite term in the world, self-esteem. But they, but they, sometimes they don't teach that, that hardcore lesson that, that we really truly need. And, um, that's the balance here. That is, that is the balance here. I, I think if I can create a repository of some of my stories, some of my advice, then uh, maybe my kids can access this at a later time. And I could do it without being that overbearing um, helicopter parent. We even got a new term now uh, that, that I see in school all the time. And it, it's really... Uh, disheartening you know they, they they went from the helicopter parent that's the parent that hovers over their child and um, assists them with everything to the bulldozer parent the bulldozer parent is the one that comes in and wants to eliminate every obstacle from the path of their child and uh, i guess as a parent i and he, as a teacher uh, you know i was um, i'll tell you a little bit more about myself later on but as as a teacher i feel that those obstacles are are necessary you know we have parents now they'll come in and their son or daughter will get a 75 on a test. I'm a middle school principal. So, you know, really the first time students ever encounter any type of difficulty in class, usually everybody's child is a straight A student in the third and fourth grade. And all of a sudden they get into the sixth and seventh grade and they're not getting A's anymore. And the parents want to come in and want to know what's going on. And, um, they want to smooth that out, give them another chance, give them extra credit. And, uh, and I think they missed the point that sometimes that that failure, that struggle, is what really makes the student, is what, what improves them. Um, I feel that this idea of, of kind of falling on your face and picking yourself up is probably the most empowering thing that your kids could go through. But as parents, what do we do? I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this story to you now. We love our kids so much that you want to go in and rescue them as soon as possible. You don't want to see them fail. You don't want to see them struggle. You want to go in and rescue them. And there is, uh, there is a chance that that does more harm than good. That, that, that actually does more harm than good. Um, what is this all about? This is all about um, the idea that we have seen what our parents have done for us. We, we make an assessment. We make a judgment. And we try to do a little bit better job. We we try to um, try to fix the faults that maybe our parents had with us, and improve upon the things that they did well. And uh, that's a good judgment. That's a good assessment. Uh, I, I don't I don't shy away from the idea of of judging, like I think a, a lot of people in society do today. 
uh, like I said, I was a Catholic schoolboy. I went to Catholic grammar school, and I remember the story of uh, Noah's Ark. And everyone thought, you know, when you were a little kid, it was always like there was a theme that you'd, you'd see in, you know, babies' rooms, you know, the ark and little uh, little pairs of animals, cute little fuzzy animals walking onto the ark. I remember I had a picture book of that. And um, once I heard that story, I, I never thought of it. Even as a young child, I never even th- I never thought of it as a cute little collection of animals, even though I, I loved animals when I was a kid. I remember hearing that story and learning about the flood that came afterwards. And I think I knew at, at the age of five or six that that was a story about judgment. You know, here you, you were doing something wrong and you got judged harshly, harshly because of it. I remember thinking what the, you know, as a little child, what the world would be like, uh, you know, if there was a flood that covered all the land and everyone died except for these people who happened to be on this boat and, you know, good old Catholic terrorizing story. You know, it, it was one of those things that uh, hit me hard as a kid. And I, and I think ever since I, I've learned the, the value of, of judgment and um, it's okay. It's okay to judge. It's okay to compare and look and try to improve things and make them a little bit better. And um, one of the things that I, I learned from a, uh, Again, I guess a, a podcast that my son introduced me to, a guy named Jordan Peterson. He talks about these archetype, archetypal stories, these themes that run through certain uh, certain works of, of literature, certain movies, certain stories, uh, biblical stories. And uh, it's the, the idea of the son rescuing the father from the belly of the beast. And I remember when he first said this, I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. And um, as he explained it, uh, and I, I think my son and I will probably do a podcast on this because my son taught me more about this than Jordan Peterson did. Um, but he, he talked about this archetypal story that's been repeated over and over again. And the idea that the the son or the, the latest generation is always trying to improve upon and rescue and redeem the generation before him, the the, the father before him. And that father before him tried to rescue the father before him. And, and that's that's what we do. And I know I'm saying it in a masculine term in, in terms of fathers, but I think uh, daughters do it with their mothers. And it's, it's, it's just a, a child and, and parent thing. You see what they do well. You try to improve upon it. But you can't help but notice what your parents did poorly. And you try to improve upon that as well. And sometimes what your parents did poorly forces you to almost reassess what what is important you you might make you might overcompensate for those things that you felt your parents did a a, a poor job of and, and I, I thought you know how could this be an archetypal story archetypal means that it's uh it's consistent it's been told a million times and it's a it, it's popular because at at the core it's a universal theme and, and once he started to explain it, it was it was eerie because a lot of my favorite movies, a lot of the favorite stories that I've that I've ever heard, were actually um, supported this this theme. The, the the story that Jordan Peterson always talks about is Pinocchio. Literally, in Pinocchio, the child, which is Pinocchio, goes into the belly of the whale to rescue his father, Geppetto. It's it's a literal translate translation to going into the belly of the beast and rescuing your father. And uh, I think, well, okay, well, what, what, where else does that happen? And, and what famous stories? And I start to think of some of my favorites. Uh, growing up, a huge, huge Star Wars fan. 
uh, watched all the movies as a kid, watched all the new ones, and they came out. And as, a, as an adult, got my two sons into it, uh, trying to get my wife into it. My daughter will have nothing to do with it, but that's okay. She'll come around eventually. But what is the theme of Star Wars? It is a son rescuing the father. It is Luke rescuing Anakin or Darth Vader from uh, from all of his mistakes. And, you know, there, there's a lot of bells and whistles surrounding it, a lot of other characters, a lot of other things going on. But at its core, that's what it's all about. And, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. My father was a good father. I'm trying to be a better father. I'm sure my grandfather was a good father, and my father thought that he was making decisions that made him a better father. And, uh, and so on down the line, everybody does that. Uh, another movie that I loved, another popular story, um, the Godfather trilogy. Uh, a lot of crime, a lot of drama, a lot of action. But at its core, it is Michael Corleone trying to rescue his father, you know, trying to legitimize his father, make all of the sacrifices of his father, all the illegal, terrible things that he had to do, make them all worthwhile by legitimizing the family over the course of all those movies. And, uh, you know, in some cases it works, in some cases it doesn't. Another great example that, uh, you know, when I started thinking about it, another one of my favorite movies. Field of Dreams is all about that as well. Field of Dreams is about a son trying to redeem a father and in the act of trying to redeem his father actually redeems himself, which I guess makes it even uh, more pertinent because that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to, uh, by redeeming our fathers and improving upon our fathers, we're also improving upon ourselves. And um, that's what you try to do as a parent. That's the, the, the message behind this. I want to. Uh, I always tried to parent by example. I always tried to do things that I thought um, my kids, maybe if they didn't realize it at the time, they could look back on it and say, "Wow, I understood why he was doing that, and he was doing it as an example." Uh, because words are never as powerful as actions, and if you can lead by example, and that's why I'm making this podcast. I told my kids I was going to do it, so here I am. It's you know five o'clock in the morning on Tuesday the fourteenth, and I'm recording the first one, probably doing a terrible job of it. Uh, but I'm going to keep doing it, keep giving it a try and, uh, and moving forward from there, keep trying to, uh, rescue my father from the belly of the beast, so to speak, uh, and be that example to my kids. And, uh, that's, uh, that's all I have for the first one. I'll do a couple more on, uh, some of my thoughts and ideas of parenting. Uh, but, um, like I said, it's it's the most important job in the world, being a dad, being a mom. And I think if we kind of take that along with with the idea that we can constantly improve it, we can reflect, judge, make some decisions to improve it, I think uh, we make the world a better place one person at a time, one action at a time. And if we could all be better parents, then we'll all have better children, and we'll all have better citizens, and we'll all have better societies. and We'll, we'll move forward from there. All right. So uh, that concludes my first podcast, uh, podcast number one of the five for five day. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if so, tune into the next one.